Short game-wise, yes, I can. Long game-wise, no. No, I have not. He's talking the wrong game. They played the long game. The long game. They gotta play the long game. They played the long game. They're experienced and they played the long game. game is back all right case long game is back good to see you last long game pod of the year we just were going back on schedules so sorry to our friends in sweden but we're going to shut this thing down next year but we'll be we'll be back the following week uh case good to see you how's everything going good happy holidays how are you happy how, holidays you watch, watch them golf this weekend i did i did so this is this is great i gotta show you this um did I buy an iPad just to watch uh, golf and to make sure that I can always have it up on oh, the screen? Wow. I, I did. Love it. Um, found myself watching highlights. Found myself... Uh, all right, I'm back in on Tiger. Fine. Wow. <laughs> Takes a big man to admit a mistake. Yeah, I, I missed um, a lot yesterday. Saw the, saw the recap uh, at night. Watched more on Saturday, but I took my sister... Uh, excuse me, I took my daughter... And my wife to the Celtics game uh, yesterday, which was quite an experience in itself, but kind of my own little uh, PNC championship trying to get my daughter not to pull people's ponytails in the seats. In wait, wait. But- I saw a video on Instagram of, was your, well, there was a Bruins mascot and was your daughter slapping the mascot away? Well, I was very no, confused no. about what was happening. Yeah, it was a tough angle. So it was kids day at the Celtics game. So they had every single mascot from every New England sports team. I'm talking like Connecticut Sun. They had a TD Bank mascot. They had everything there. And they just kind of came Do they have a hero, a hero world champion? Is there a motorcycle? (laughs) Tiger rode through in a motorcycle. Worcester Um, Ice Cats. Yep, exactly. There was everyone, but she's a a big Celtics fan. We're a big um, Celtics family. Um, Kind of an anti-Bruins family. We can get into that one day. But uh, the Bruins mascot, I think his name is blades came over and tried to give her the high five and she completely iced them just just shook her head my wife was next to her and gave the high five so in the video it looked like my daughter had like a three-foot arm that gave him a high five but no but great great time uh made it to the end of the third quarter which was the over under was halftime so cash those tickets but and yeah. what's what's usually the indicator that it's time to leave like does she tell you i want to go now or is like you know how earthquakes are like one big earthquake and then I'll, some like aftershocks? It's like the reverse. It's like aftershocks and you're like, oh, there's going to be an earthquake yeah. pretty soon. So you can kind of tell. I mean, you have, you have kids, you know. When let's they, quit while we're ahead. Yep. She's she's out of nap. So anything after three o'clock is a complete. I've, but that's cool though. Like I, I think you're in an ideal situation where you have the tickets. So you're so like you could go anyway. There's no pressure to go for as long as you want to go. You live close to be able to like, I was thinking about, man, I, I want to go back. Like, I wish we were in Boston for a little bit because I'd love to take my kids to Fenway for like an inning, right? Get a hot dog, be, get an ice cream, be out. Yep. Yep. And how many kids are going to say that, you know, they were in the, in the, in the garden at when they were three or four. Well, she'll remember now that she completely iced the Bruins mascot. So that will be immortalized. That's great. All right. So, so you didn't watch, so you didn't watch much of the PNC. I was going to. More Saturday than Sunday. All right. Do you want to do you want to talk about like what 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 even though I'm I'm talking we'll talk about why I'm for Tiger and Charlie. Yeah. Again. Why don't we start there because that's obviously the lightning rod of the whole week. Do you want to defend? You want to take a minute to defend them because they got beat by a lot of people in this event. <laughs> they did. I mean, they, they did get beat, but I I think the first reason they need some defending is just the amount of flack they're getting for. And really, it's more the tour and their social channels, but just how much they featured yeah, Tiger and Charlie, which I have some thoughts on as well. But um, we should. Why don't say, you tell me what, what's your thoughts on that? What's the matter with it? I don't have a I don't have a problem with any of it. I think people don't understand what this event is. Mm. I mean, this event is they're riding in carts. There's 20 groups. The you know these are it's a family right. co-ed event. Um, everyone's having fun. They're throwing chicken fingers at each other, right? The grandparents are following the groups and the carts behind them. So this is the point of this thing, it feels like, is to be like a social. Um, we talked about this a little bit last week, how it's been a nice flow of not the most serious tournaments, but kind of nice ones to wrap up the year that are, you know, smaller events, more fun, like the Hero uh, or that mixed event, the Grand Thornton last week. But um, if you if you have a problem with like them showing 
Tiger's kid too much. Like, I think it's, I don't know. It's, it's what the event is for. Yeah. It's, it's for ratings. Um, and it also, won't be he's the around greatest, forever. He's the greatest golfer of all time. And it's not like, it's interesting that he has a kid who plays golf, but the fact that his kid is 14 and it's already seems to be a fantastic golf talent. That's why this is exciting. It's like people are losing their minds in college football because of Marvin Harrison Jr., right? This is like or, a, a hundred times that. I mean, in the NBA, they've been talking about LeBron like <laughs> scheming his way to get to a team so he can play with his son in a few years. Right. We've been talking about this for four years, feels like. So this is happening right now in front of us with Tiger and his son and the kid's 14 and he's, you know, driving the ball 330 over the green on some holes. So... Uh, probably, you know, I don't know if, if Charlie, to be honest, did himself too many favors this weekend. You know, the, I'm sure you saw the driver he's waving by to it. It felt like this was, the, I've been watching this for probably, I think this is the third year I've really paid a lot of attention to this. For 27 years. Well, but because I mean, it's, I, I would say, I don't know how long it's had a tape, uh, TV contract, yeah. but I can tell you that since Tiger and Charlie been playing the last three years, it's catapulted it. So I, I think he's at a point where he's, the the last two years he was he they'd have these viral clips that you could tell were very like natural. I think he's very aware of it now. So the wave thing, and he's in high school and he's on the golf team. So I'm sure he's trying to look cool for his. And guys. like for any, I did see some comments about you know like the wave and like you know people being upset. But like, look, dude, this kid is 14 years old. Like, how many? Du- this is one of 1,000 dumb little new like. You know, if I had a, if there was a video of me like making a corner three in a high school, you know, prep league basketball game, I I probably looked at the crowd and like you know did something absurd, right? And so it's like Darius Miles, Darius Miles, Quinn Richardson, yeah, love that. So there's, yeah, I I think it's great. What's fun is, it's fun watching the kids, but um, what's also fun, I, I like seeing like for me, it was watching someone like David Duvall, who I've only seen on TV, like still be absolutely so good at golf. I think that's just what blows me away about like how good these guys really are at golf. Like I watched multiple times David Duvall's son would putt first, right? David Duvall, who knows what, how often he plays. I just see him on Golf Channel or whatever and when you see him around. If his son, if they had like a 15-footer and his son like burned the edge, it was like a 99.9% that David Duvall putting second is going to make that putt, right? That's what I think is so cool. Watching VJ sing or like, the, the the langers just like to see how these guys are 60 plus years old in golf and still so good is so much fun yeah no and uh congrats to you for for picking your first championship pick of the entire yeah do i do i get money for this like what you know, i'm gonna decide? give you money for it. do you know do you know the payouts for this i look at i'm looking at the leaderboard and it looks like i have i'm a million dollars richer than <laughs> i was last week so well i think uh i updated it for the last two weeks but the the, the purse was like just a million i think total Total. Uh, but the Langers won two hundred thousand. I think. I wonder if that's each. No, it's probably total. And right? it all uh, goes to Patrick Cantlay's uh, <laughs> LLC. Exactly. Um, so uh, a luc- not a lucrative week for Tiger at forty seven thousand, but probably for Charlie. But who knows? Hold on, I, m- I meant to look this up for my own. Um, Bernhard Langer has has earned thirty four million dollars. On the PGA Tour, I mean, <laughs> and what is Cantlay made in like <laughs> Patrick Cantlay uh, Cantlay career earnings? You think it's more over under? Uh, give me the number again: 30. 34. Wow. Yeah, because didn't he win the FedEx Cup? And Patrick that's like, Cantlay has career earnings of sixty point five million as of May twenty twenty three. And you know that guy's a smart investor, and he's he's tripled that, right? Of Your course boy. he has. Yeah, he's he's he works at Goldman Sachs. He's exactly. obviously going to triple that. That's nuts. Um, I wonder if that includes the FedEx Cup because you win like what twelve or like fifteen, twenty million yeah. for that. I forget. Even if we back that out, though, like the fact that Pat Patrick Cantlay has won forty million dollars playing golf. Um, favorite for me this week, obviously the Langers. That's great. Thanks for getting thanks for getting me on the board. It was a little shaky down the end there. I did watch the end of it. Um, Tiger and Charlie. Some nice little moments. I I like watching them. I can't even tell what they're saying. Just like they're a little, you know, chirping around the green. And when you see him, one of them smile, and then whoever they're playing with, um, love that they brought Sam out, Tiger's daughter, to be on the bag. Just made me feel, you know, as a family man, like how cool is that? Like, I I, I and then you're watching Tiger do the interviews, and you feel like, man, he he's so he's become so good 
Oh, he's almost like Tom Brady. It's not like his interviews are good, but he he knows he's he's gonna give you the same generic two minute interview every time. I would like to know what he's actually like texting and talking about behind the scenes with people at this event. Yeah, those are two people we may never hear what they really think. No, because uh, they've just been through the media training process so much. But uh, I, I had a blast watching what I caught this week. When you watched it yesterday, did you watch it live? And was it live? Because I watched on Saturday when I what I thought was watching live. And then I went to look at the scores and it was over. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I just, I completely just spoiled yeah, this for I myself. Did. But I had some weird, I got some weird like stomach bug from the kids thing. And so I spent mo- most of the day on the couch yesterday. And so like, and I, and it was like a welcome, like Dave, you need to sit on the couch. Like, and, and so I was like, all right. So I was, I was watching, I watched a bunch of the first, the, the end of the first round on Sunday. And then like, it was like, Oh, flip over to Peacock and this is on right now. And so I watched a bunch of it live. Like the first hour was live on Peacock. And then by the way, this is like a fun event. Like the weather was really shitty. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They've had some bad weather, I think recently too. I think yeah. when they had all that flooding down, like the Fort Myers area, if, uh, was that last year, two years, that whole course was underwater. I think like six weeks before the tournament, they somehow dried it out. So they always and have something to deal with. We didn't talk much about this, but I guess the Q school, Final round of Q school is supposed to be yesterday, but they moved it to today because of the weather. And we're recording it. on Monday, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another favorite, um, the Strickers, uh, Steve and Izzy Stricker. Like, I just, I love the fact, it's usually like a guy and his son, you know, you and I each have have daughters, obviously. Like, the fact that it's Steve Stricker's daughter and she's sick at golf and she's going to Wisconsin or plays at Wisconsin is was awesome and to I watch that. Just won the high school state championship. Oh, right? she did. That's what yeah. that was. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, and then... I, uh, I got to say, I feel like we're burying the lead a little bit here. There was really a new star kind of made this weekend. Move over, Charlie. You want to talk about your new uh, man crush? Oh, Will McGee. How old is he? How Do we know how old Will is? Young he Will McGee? He could be McGee? four. He could be 11. He could be 15. <laughs> I have no clue. But that kid is a rock star. The other thing is, as as you know, as having once been a fourteen year old boy, as as you were also, case, it would be obnoxious as hell for everyone to talk about how Charlie, like how much he's looked, he how Lee looks. Well, yeah, dude, three years ago I was, I was eleven or twelve, and now I'm fourteen, and you know, apparently something happens in your body over that period of time. So, like, the, enough of that narrative. But Will McGee seems to be on the other side of that spectrum, and he's walking down eighteen. His mom is Annika Sorenstam. He's crying. They had so much fun together. I got a little bit emotional watching that and he hit some good shots and it just is so cool and Annika seems just like an uh, uh, I think watching this tournament I forget how much of an absolute gangster Annika Sorenstam was oh, yeah. back, back in her in her era and I, I love the little clips when it's Tiger and Annika together well I think they practiced together one of the days right I saw yeah. uh, them I think they they played that tournament years ago that was televised they obviously have a close relationship but uh, that that clip you sent me of the post game interview with him and his mom is just an all-time clip. Oh. I think he, he's like at tears in his eyes. Again, I, I don't know how old he's, what do you think he's seven, eight? Yeah. No, he's not seven. No. I, I don't, <laughs> my oldest is is about to turn four in a few months, so I have no clue about anyone. Oh well, how old do you God. think he is? You look it up. I'm looking it up. He's 12. He's 12. Okay. I'm, but I, I'm going to say he's short for his, for his, uh, his age. Seven. Uh, okay, so he's seven years old. And He's like got tears in his eyes, but he I think he said this is the highlight of my of our year, right? Yeah. Just an amazing clip kind of course. makes you think. And the other the other big clip that I loved coming out of this week, I sent it to you before, was uh they interviewed Patty Harrington. Oh, I had this in my notes. I was gonna mention this a good segue. Yeah. Um, just an incredible every time I see an interview with Padre Harrington, they ask him like a quick question and then it's a seven and a half minute answer. <laughs> well, but it seen- was unbelievable he's he's unbelievable i don't know if you've seen his youtube channel he has basically there's a lot there's a whole like um industry of youtube golf instructors uh patty harrington has basically for free given away all of this knowledge on youtube he has everything from the grip to irons to driver to speed like hour-long things on his youtube channel it's incredible the clip it for any for anybody uh you know that that hasn't seen this we should we should tweet this out from our account but um basically he talks about how much fun it is playing with his son and he asks they ask him about like you know how do you about getting your kids into golf and he talks about how it's so important to just like be around the course and to just have fun and to quit before you know golf becomes this it's golf is such a stressful sport there's like people behind you people in front of you, you got you don't step there put your mark here there's a lot of shit going on he's like you got to take the kids to the course, just have fun being around it. And actually, Lee and I, my wife, we were talking about 
how, how much is related to skiing? Like we want to get our kids into skiing. It's like, we just gotta, you just gotta get to the mountain, have hot chocolate and French fries, like put your boots on and call it a day. And this is, we live really close to a golf course. And so I've been fortunate enough to do this with my son, but I would go over and chip and putt and take him and we'd get a sandwich and a Gatorade. And he just would be so happy to go over there and get chips and a snack. It was cool to see this video from Patty talking about like, you know, he's a hardcore competitive guy to not put the pressure on his t- kids to go play and to, to approach this the right way. It seems like counter to what, what you see with a lot of, you know, a lot of parents who are really, you know, top athletes and how they would push their kids to get into the game. Yeah. I, I love, I love that he said that thing about, you know, not putting the pressure on the kids, let them, let the game come to them, let, or, you know, let them fall in love with the game. Cause it can't be a chore, right? It's gotta be something they look forward to. Um, but he was also talking about just, uh, which I thought was interesting, especially for someone who's, you know, the, his, it was a professional player and, and could unlock, you know, give a kid a million pointers. He was saying like, don't, don't even try to change the swing or everything. Just the kids are smart at this age. They'll figure it out. But it just was uh, struck me because if your dad is like a, you know, what three, four time major winner, you'd think it'd be hard for them not to be like, Hey, you got to do this, that, but, um, Shout they also him. finished stuff uh, for what it's worth. They finished, they finished in last. And so, you know, <laughs> tied for last with another <laughs> one of your picks. I think the Furyks, <laughs> the Furyks, I don't even know. So you picked I the picked first that. place and the two teams that tied for last, which is pretty impressive. It's great. It's great. I'm just, I'm here. I'm, I'm geared up for the century, baby. I, I always listen. I often listen to PGA tour radio in the car as I have Sirius in the car and they always keep playing this, uh, this right now they're promoting the century tournament of champions and it's always this one every commercial you know they play the same shit over and over it's Colin Morikawa saying like you know if you're here in Kapalua you know you're you know a lot of things are going right in your game and so I'm, I'll be ready I'll be ready for Kapalua yeah. I'll be here I'll be ready two weeks you, you mean you listen to the PGA Tour radio when you're alone in your car I don't think you uh, get to win that the dial over when you're driving I, with your family do you so I have one time uh two what? summers ago we drove from Vermont do you to know the date to the cape it was during it was during the british yeah it was it was either the british or the yeah it was the british dave that's called the open uh the open sorry the british the british people it was uh it was during the open and uh we we often trade off driving and our rule is that whoever drives gets to choose their their podcast or whatever of choice and so we listened to three and a half hours of pga tour radio and the kids are fun listening to this the kids are watching their iPads. Yeah. Like we could be, I haven't got there yet. We could honestly fly to Japan and my daughter would be like, we'd be on the plane for 20 hours and she'd have no idea. Yeah, so. gotcha. All right. Uh, so that's it. We're off. We're off for this. Uh, we're off and we're back. I'm excited. I'm excited to do this for the real, for the real season. Yeah. We've, uh, like we said, we started like six weeks ago and we've had really only one, I think, actual full field tournament. Um, but like like I said earlier, these are the fun tournaments they should have towards the end of the year. Like the the four majors, you get the FedEx Cup, you yep. get the Ryder Cup this year, yep. and, and usually there's a whole lot of nothing. And these are cool things that get more people drawn into the game. I think I was thinking if Liv did a family event, what would it look like? It'd be interesting. I don't know if the Patrick Reed would be involved, but uh, if you could play with there your would in-laws, be maybe. way more smoke and fireworks and like Miami club party yep. vibes in a concert like with uh kid rock or something like that <laughs> a concert with kid rock all right let's flip over we're not going to do a full season preview but uh casey had a great idea of we're each going to pick uh three people that we think have a shot at winning their first major next year and you came up with this great question so i'm going to let you do, do the honors here yeah you want to do a snake draft too or let's just do go a back snake draft I, yeah, I'm, yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna assume we're gonna have a lot of the same people here so let's well, pick three guys we think could win their first major in 2024 do you know anything about this podcast yet you're gonna assume that we have the i'm, I'm picking like jim furick for this you know that right no <laughs> no, no i guess he's won a major <laughs> has he Jim Furyk has Jim Furyk won a, a major. Jim Furyk major. I don't know, man. Wins. Did he win a major? Yeah, he won the 2003 U.S. Open. Oh, wow. that's right. That's the one. How do you th- mm. you think this guy can shoot fifty? This guy shot fifty eight twice. Of course, he's won a major. Yeah. Interesting. So, I I'll just get this one off the bat because I think we're both thinking thinking him. It's got to be Victor's year, right? 
Yeah, fine. We do have one overlap. Yeah. Uh, out of all the people, so this is weird. So I went down this hole. You and I Googled some same articles of like people who haven't won a major. And there's these weird like Bet MGM articles that have like Ian Poulter and Westwood on there. I just went over to the uh, OWGR world ranking page and went down there and tried to figure out who of those guys doesn't have a major yet. Victor stands out. I and think he's he would so well. He would have stood out anyway, but he's obviously playing well. And I think last year showed us that he can hang in those types of tournaments. Lovely guy, very strange taste in in music. I also saw him post a picture on Instagram of like eating just a straight up like pig's head with the eyeball taken out. Yeah, he's a bird. We said this before. Yeah. But maybe if you smoke enough weed, then that's like a delicious meal. So he has no idea. As we and it's his about. off season, so we'll let him live. All right. So we like Vic. Um, we like Vic, Big Dick Vic. We like him for the for the. Do you have a particular major in mind that you see him winning? You know, it's funny, I do for a lot of these guys on my list, but I feel like he can win anywhere, especially like in Augusta. And I think he was in the running last year, at least at a, at a good round, uh, first round. But he seems to have the all-around game. His, his issue for years was the short game, which he, he fixed last year and led to him having such a great year. So I'd say Augusta, um, where's the U.S. Open this year? We're going to... Beth Page? Is it? The Ryder Cup's going there next, isn't it? U.S. Open 2024 golf, not tennis, you you morons. Uh, it's at Pinehurst. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. And, I knew that. And I you're that. going to Pinehurst this year, aren't you? I was at Pinehurst like months ago, and they were like, "Had all, I I bought all this shit that says <laughs> U.S. Open 2024 that I'd like. It'd be funny that. if I was wearing it and asked where it was next year. Um, <laughs> it's hard for me to say. Like, is he gonna attack? I mean, I the yeah. last time they played at Pinehurst, I forget who won. Was it um, oh god, the German guy. The um, German guy? Yeah, you, you remember him. Of, um, he's a Ryder Cup guy. Schwartzel? No, he's South African, different continent. Uh, German. Uh, Martin Keimer? Yes, I think Keimer won. I think he wow. beat maybe, I want to say Ricky maybe or someone. But uh, you, you've never played number two. That's It's an unbelievable classic course. You'll love it. It actually seems like it belongs in the Northeast, um, except for some of the sand stuff. But uh, I think he could win anywhere, so... I've got him. I mean, I could see him winning twice next year. He's if if he has the same kind of season he had this year, especially um, coming off of the last month or two he had. All right. So who do you have? I got Victor. You got Victor. I think we both got Victor. We both have Victor. Um, I put Max Homa number two on my list. Definitely on my list. It's hard because he has not played great at or or well actually in in any of in almost any of the majors. I think he maybe has one good major finish but he just seems like a guy who is truly a top 10 player like you, you know you said pick a person that hasn't won a major yet he's a top you know eight player in the world uh he, he seems to have the game that can hold up i and i i just very he's a very likable guy i'd love to see max get in the mix at a major this year yeah and i going back to your question about what course or what event that might be i I think I've heard him say many times before that Augusta fits his style, which is kind of a ballsy thing to say about a, a place like that, especially when you know people are going to bring it up over and over again. Um, but yeah, I think I definitely had him on my list. I I also had Tommy Fleetwood on my list. I don't know if you did, but I have in parentheses would have to be a come from behind win on Sunday because he doesn't seem to play well ever with with the lead. No, that's um, fair. But he, I mean, he's played incredible at Augusta before. Um, he was right in the mix at, at the open this year. Um, so he's, he'll he'd be my number two pick. We'll By the way, that. the majors, the majors this year, uh, the masters, uh, it's at Augusta this year. Then Again, that's the, like three years in a row. It's crazy. Uh, then there's the PGA at Valhalla, at Valhalla, which is in Louisville, Kentucky. We have the U S open, uh, in June at Pinehurst number two. Uh, I'm going to give you a full review. I'm going there in March. I'm, I, can't wait. Uh, I've never played a real golf course in my life, and so this will be fun. Um, I can't wait to. I've played BGC. That's true. Uh, I can't wait to like hit a drive and be like, oh, I hit. I can't wait to tell everyone like how far I hit it on a particular hole, like you know, the per, an average person would. On you TV. never played like the TPC Boston? No, really. Yeah, I think I've only played once either. But that's that's like a yeah. that's like a stadium course. That's stadium course. Yeah. No, I'm yeah, excited. I'm excited for Pinehurst. And then the British. Uh, sorry, the Open. The Open yep. is at Thank Royal you. Troon, which I've never been there. No. <laughs> Probably won't be uh, for a while. Either. All right, my my. So so you got so you got Victor. You got Max. You got Tommy Fleetwood. They're, 
Tommy's like a guy where like, yeah, I'd love to see that happen. It's just, it's like, it was so hard to pick someone on this list who like the exercise is pick somebody who hasn't won a major. It's so hard to not let all the history creep in and be like, there's no, like, there's no way. Like you and I talked about, you want to know who's not on either of our lists. Who's never going to win a major, the X man Xander, like this guy's consistently a top 10 player in the world. And I just think he has no chance to win a major. No, I think, I, and I think I've seen him kind of fumble it away enough times down the stretch that I feel like it's, I, I've seen enough there out of him. He's, I think he's the type of guy that's going to have like multiple FedEx Cup championships by the end of his career. Oh, I think for he, sure. I think he, like you're saying, like you're, if you're in this stretch where he's finishing top five, like three, four weeks in a row, that's huge for that kind of format. Yeah. Not necessarily having to win or maybe when it goes down to, they cut it down to the smaller field. But I'm with you. I don't think, I think his gold medal is about as far as um, his accolades are going to take him with majors or, or worldly events like that. But uh, I'm with you on him. All right. I think if are it you ready for my, yet, my third ahead. pick here. Can I just say it? You can say it, sure. Yeah, it's Patrick Cantley, correct? No. It's, really? It's not not Project Pat. By the way, can these two do anything? Number five in the world, number six in the world, Patrick Cantley, Xander Shoffley. Like, one of the stranger pairings, too, of just friends. I would like it just they don't seem like they they would see eye to eye on everything, but they do. And and yeah, I guess. Okay, so. my I, I, I wanted to go a little bit off the hold on map here. I, go I gotta stop you for a second. Sure. You started this podcast, not this episode, but this podcast in general, out the gates hot with some Patrick Cantley support. You started this episode with, I think I'm back on Team Tiger. Is there trouble in paradise here? What's going on with you and, and Patty? It's just a tough... Look, I am a very... My whole personality is uh, summed up in recency bias. And so, like John Rahm, haven't seen him play golf in six months, don't know. So, perfect example. Patrick Canlay, haven't seen him play golf in a long time. If we get to two weeks from now, when Pat is, you know, 12 under through, you know... 24 holes at the century like i'll be back just i just haven't this just been a weird time in the season i gotta get back in the season so going off of recency bias you've got will mcgee maybe in the running for a a major no jason langer (laughs) obviously all right we need to do something a little bit more fun to get out hold on you didn't give me your i interrupted you who's your you said you're gonna shock me with a pick my third pick to win a major this year that has not won a major yeah uh, this guy is an absolute flusher and he goes by the name of Min Woo Lee. Oh, wow. I love that. He's been playing some great golf. He's electric too. Some of the videos they have of him like playing oh. in, uh, in the Australian tour, just crazy. Electric. I just wanted to go down this list and there's a lot. Look, I really, I want to, I want to, I love Cam Young. I, I love Cam Young. I want Cam Young to be a top 10 player in the world. I wanted to say him on this list, but I just, there's something off like, about that. Anyway, we could do a whole Cam Young pod at some point. Yeah. Right, a few just um, a few guys on my on my list I thought yeah. Ricky, maybe it's time for Ricky. Tony Finau, I kind of put him in the Xander class where if you haven't done it yet, why are you going to do I it know. now? But I, I can know. also see those guys being like, you know, in like 10 years winning one at the very yeah. back end. It's like, oh, he finally got one. Kind of like the Phil yeah. thing was for a while before he Man. he got his masters. Um, but yeah. Dude, or if maybe you, Tom so- this is like a, this might be boring for people because the Phil book came out two years ago. But I've been telling you every week that I'm reading the the Phil biography. I just read a little bit before I fall asleep every night. It's so damn good. You got to read it. You got to read yeah, it. There's so many. There's so many. There's so many good stories in there. Like of him sneaking off, like during competitive PJ Tour rounds, he's going off into the woods and putting a. He played one time with an earpiece in and a radio. He played a PGA Tour event with an earpiece and a radio in his pocket. So he could listen to the Raven, the 2001 Ravens AFC Championship game because he had, he put he put ten grand on them at twenty eight to one to win that year. Is that insane? Yeah, I'm not a fan of Phil, but I I feel that I respect that. <laughs> it's that, and then and then there's a story at the the, the champions uh, the, the night that he won the Masters. There's like a dinner. It's different than the Champions Dinner the yeah. year later. But he told Woody John. He told Woody or Hootie Johnson. Woody, Woody. Johnson. He told Hootie Johnson, the guy, who, you know, the head of Augusta oh, at yeah. the time or whatever. He told him to go down into the wine cellar, and I guess they have the most exclusive wine cellar ever, and bring up the most expensive bottle of wine. And then he got he he brought up this fifteen thousand dollar you know bottle of wine, 
and he opens it and he's passing around and drinking it. And, and Hootie Johnson said like, you know, to whisper to the guy, he's like, make sure this goes on, on Phil's tab. There's just, <laughs> there's just an infinite amount of stories yeah. out there about this. I'll guy have to that, check it out. Yeah. You have to check it out. Um, I also, guys that I want to see when, uh, the, like while we're on this topic, guys that I would like to also see get in the mix at a major, I love Sahith Thagala. I'd love to he's see him. He's on my list. Is he on your list? I love that. He was on my list. He's one of my favorite young players. And I'm with you. The reason I didn't include him in the top of that list is I feel like like a lot of guys, he can he can catch fire. Like I think Sunday at the Masters last year, he shot like a 66 or something. Like he can catch fire. It just seems like it's an experience thing for him. He's he's throttling back and forth um, down the stretch. He had a great, maybe my favorite full swing episode in the Netflix series. If you watch that, just like a real true guy had yes. a breakdown crying with his family after yeah. he kind of choked away. Is that, the, uh, is that show back? Are we going to have that show back this year? Yeah. The, the season one came out in February, mid-February uh, this year. So I would assume same timeline, but I'm, that'd be nice. That'd yeah. be some good pot. That'd be some good pod content. We could, we could, we could binge that and talk about it. Yeah. I'd love, I mean, it was so great last year with all the, the live stuff. Um, that's just got to even get better this year. So, and they were at the Ryder Cup too, and they weren't let in the you know can't let your boy wouldn't let him in the locker room. But there should be some good stuff with Hatgate and all that stuff. So that would be fun. Um, you made me think of this because you talked about pressure. But you and I sent that. There's a clip, just such a good clip from this event this week, where it's Annika and Will McGee and Tiger and Charlie and little you know little Will McGee. You know, he says he sees Tiger and he's telling him how he was so nervous on the first tee. And Tiger's like, you know, mid chicken finger. And he's like, you should be. Means you care. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. how great is that? Yeah. yeah. So Sahith, if you're nervous on Sunday at the Masters, it's good. It means that you care. Tiger's probably had to say that a, mil- a million times in his life because everyone that plays anywhere within his range is just shaking probably on every tee box. Imagine teeing off like just in like a, you somehow want to raffle and you get to play with Tiger. Your hands would be doing what on the first tee? Right. Or, or being, you know, or being a 15 year old and you get paired with Charlie Woods in a high school tournament and Tiger Woods is his fucking caddy <laughs> or, or seven, like, like Will McGee, right? <laughs> yeah, or seven. Um, all right. Do you want to do best moment, f- favorite moments of the year? Yeah. I wanted to just go back. It, what a crazy year with a lot of, a lot of kind of shitty stuff too mixed in. But do you have a favorite PGA tour memory this year? I do. I also have some not memories. Uh, plenty like, of those, yeah. Plenty, like uh, what? What? Two of my. You want to run through? You want to run through some of those ones first? What are your yeah, least I've favorite PGA Tour members? My least favorite. I've I have a couple case. Uh, number one, my least favorite moment was Brian Harmon winning the Open. Um, <laughs> On my list, my notes right here. Least favorite moment was probably Brian Harmon winning the British Open. <laughs> Unreal, Dave. I love you. Shout out, because Brian Harmon. Love to have you on the pod. Here's why. I don't often get the opportunity to watch a lot of golf, right? When the majors are on, I'm like, you know what? I don't care if it's nice out. I'm putting the TV on. Like, f- my, my kids are watching. I don't care if they're glued to the screen. Like, I like to have the majors. Like, like we talked about in this podcast, like growing up and golf is on. I love to have the majors on. The open, fantastic timing because it's in the morning. It doesn't chew up my whole day. I just kept waiting for him. I didn't want to, it's raining, the weather's shitty. I needed something to happen that day and nothing fucking happened. And it was just a waste. I wasted four hours watching yep. that call. A hundred percent. And Rory was kind of right there too. And everyone was kind of Jason Day him. was in the mix. Like, yep. so that was number one. And then like a close second in, in that same bucket for me was Wyndham Clark winning the US Open. Is my number two as well. <laughs> I swear to God. I had that in like slash all the Barranca Marine Layer um June Gloom talk <laughs> that dominated that that weekend and like, like the fact club. that the fact that like Ricky couldn't make something like when Ricky being in the mix that time or even Xander, like just give me something. Oh, Ricky, that... yeah, the, the Ricky storyline there was yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was but, I mean it was great golf, especially that Saturday coming down the stretch that that shot that <laughs> Wyndham hit the the club twirl on 18. Uh, I watched darkness. it. It was just obnoxious. That club twirl was. Like, I know, but it was textbook. You can't. You can't get no, any was, better than that, right? Like if, if you, unless you're Tiger, you're probably going to get some shit for doing that, right? But um, that's so funny. It, imagine being either Brian Harmon or Wyndham Clark listening to this somehow and being like, "This is the worst year for golf of like division and like 
fracturing the sport and your two worst moments were uh, the greatest two moments of our lives, <laughs> our first majors. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Love to have you on the pod. But. Yeah, anytime. Anytime when he wants to come on the pod. Um, and and so, gambling certainly has nothing to do with my view on this. I didn't I didn't lose money on Rory and Ricky in those tournaments. That's not why I'm no. bitter at all. Rory. Rory will be on the pod. All right. So what's your, what's, your, what's your favorite moment, your positive moment from the year? Okay. Number one was um, sweaty Lucas Glover going back... <laughs> Sweaty Lucas Glover in Memphis, going back to back. Uh, that was great, uh, unexpected. Uh, my actual favorite moment of the year, early in the year, was the Masters. And it could always be the Masters, but it was a great Masters. And the reason why was because golf had been divided, right? And we didn't know what we were going to get. To have Brooks in contention in at the first major of the year, the first major post all the lives shake up, post watching full swing and seeing all that stuff. That right. was sick. Like uh -huh. Friday, Saturday to see him in there. And then he goes on and he won wins the PGA like the following month. There was like, it wasn't a particular shot, but just that time of like, it's April. There's a great masters on. There's the right, it's, it's Rom and Brooks. It's big names. You know, w w the weather's turning up here. That was the time of year for me. That was my You're right. favorite moment. Usually my favorite masters are the ones that Tiger wins. Sorry, I get that out of the way. My favorite masters, no, are the ones where there's, you know, seven or eight guys that are in the mix. That's the best and, they're, and big names and maybe a few kind of no names in there. So you've got a lot of drama. This was more of a two two man race, right? Going down the stretch, which was cool for in its own way because it was two of the best players in the world just going mano a mano, and then Phil kind of snuck in the back door with like a sixty three or something crazy to yes. go go low. But it was really just those two guys, and they're playing together, so it's fun to you know you don't usually usually when two guys are in contention, it just happens to be there in different groups. I don't remember many times where it's the same guy coming down in the same stretch. I'm sure it's happened a lot, but um, there was just a it was it was one of those masters where. You really didn't need to tune in until you knew what that tea time was. And then it was just, you just watched that the whole rest of the day. It was there was, I remember, I'm looking at the leaderboard now. There was a lot going on. There was a moment where Spieth was in the mix. I remember that. But these there were like also, low, because they both, I think uh, Rahm and, and Kepa kind of, kind of sputtered a little bit to the middle of those rounds. And a lot of guys went low early because it was wet and stuff. And, and it made things interesting. But really, by the time they hit the middle of the back nine, it was really just two guys, right? Yeah. P. Reed, P. Reed was in there for a minute. What's your what's your best moment of the year, Case? Uh, I'll start with my runner-up, and I think it was um, Tom Kim at the PGA Championship going like waist-deep in mud by accident. They're like, don't walk over there. And he, do you, have you ever seen that clip? He went like literally quicksand down to it, and then he played the rest of the round in like... Capris, by the way, if you... Which is hilarious. If, if, you, if you know this, tell me. But if you don't know, I, I happen to... I was literally going to mention this to you earlier. Do you know what Tom Kim's... Uh, official golf board ranking is do you know where he you know what 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 number he is in the world at this moment if you had to guess i'm gonna say 13 it's very good he's 11 surprisingly high for me well, for a guy that really hasn't done that much and, well keep in mind he put he he won two events in the last calendar year almost, oh, that's right. right he won the yeah. same event twice and yeah, he just yeah, most yeah. recently won so that probably yeah young tom kim too. all right that's a good memory i like and that. i think he, he was one of these guys that played a lot of those the fall events or at least the early ones so maybe he made up some ground on some of the cantleys of the world who were on vacation in the on their super yacht somewhere um but my number one moment of the year i think it's hard to top this was just really the sequence of the Hatgate thing to the at the Ryder Cup to the thing on the 18th hole and really Rory trying to kill Bones that that footage that came out it's like so what a year for Rory and that really put the cherry on top of he was all over the map but seeing that kind of fire out of him like that's what I want out of the Ryder Cup and it was a boring one and that made Sunday like interesting and um it would have been I mean it was a it was a boat race in the in the, in the end but that just added so much drama and stuff and you don't you never see that kind of stuff uh in the golf world so so that was my favorite moment. Especially coming out of the year where like Rory was the spokesperson for the tour, basically. Right. And then you see him. Yeah. Uh, I also had some runner-ups for me was, uh, you know, obviously Taylor Taylor Gooch going back-to-back -back at Live uh, Adelaide and Live Singapore. That, I mean, who can forget? Those are big. Um, and uh, Bryson, you know, Bryson come on the pod. Bryson w winning Live in Chicago. That was a big deal for me. Yeah. Well, you and you alone. And Bryson. 
<laughs> Bryson. If a tree falls in the woods and nobody hears it, does it make a sound? Love that guy. All right, let's flip over. Let's talk about uh let's talk about our our games for a little bit. Do you have any uh do you have golf goals for for the year? Golf goals. Golf goals, like uh, for 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 you actually hitting the ball, playing golf. Do you have okay, any? So playing golf. It's okay, I was gonna say, it's okay I'd, if you don't. I'd love to have people listen to this pod more, but um, I guess we're talking on on the core stuff. Um, yes. Stuff we, I was gonna say stuff we can control, but that's a stretch too. Um, honestly, I don't have any like I don't have a handicap goal. I don't have a like here's how many times I want to play. My goal this year is like for the first time ever, I want to get on the first tee and have any idea of where the ball is gonna go. Because like really, when I start a season, it's kind of like who who's showing up this year? Am I playing like a draw? Am I playing a fade? Like it's crazy how much my swing seems to change. Um, and if I know what I'm like, how I'm swinging it, and I I can then defend against it. But if I'm just going left and right every other hole, then it takes me a while to figure it out. But my I'm trying to put in more time to get more comfortable. Of like, let's get to like three things I need to think about and focus on, and then go from there. Because I don't have a ton of time to put in the the practice. I don't have uh, you know the facility you have right down the street. I, although I I should probably look into something like that, but. I want to just have a, a better feel of what the hell I'm doing when I hit the ball, especially early in the season and build on that. How about you? And wh- where do you think that will come from? Is that from like getting a lesson or is it just more like I, ha- I kind of just want to commit to like a shot shape? Like, how do you think that's going to come to life? It's a good question. I, I'm, I am uh, going to take a lesson coming up here in a few weeks when we go down to Florida um, for the holidays and we'll see what how that goes. I mean, we talked a lot with Janko last week about just styles of teaching and how I've always kind of struggled with taking a lesson and then taking that to the the first tee a day later or a week later or a month later, um, and just the continuity there. So I think that's my that's my first goal is to to take this lesson, see what he says, and I'm trying to be upfront and be like, I'm just looking for a few small fixes here. I'm not trying to be a scratch right now. I'm just trying to get down to maybe a low, so, you know, a mid sing, single digit. Um, but that's not the goal. The goal is just to to uh, figure out where the hell the ball is going off the tee. If I can I get the ball that. off the tee, I'm fine. I can figure the rest out. But if I'm, do you mean if I'm losing specific, two or three balls off the tee, I'm, I specifically hate Specifically with the driver is what you're trying to, like, yeah. what you need to hone in on. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. I feel like everything falls in line after that. If I'm swinging the driver well, like I'm swinging everything else well. But if I'm just giving strokes away off left, le- you know, left and right off the tee, it's, it's going to be a long day. And it's not like going to be that. a same ball all day round. I like that. Which is most I important. also also there's something about whether it's your sw- technical swing or whatever, but I think there's just a lot of mental swag. It's like when you play basketball and you get out there and if you if you, if you make that first jumper or whatever that you take for the day, it's like everything. But if that if that one hits the side of the backboard and you're like, oh boy, yeah, it's true. I mean, golf is all like really what it comes down to is just repeating the same motions and how well you can yeah. accurately clone the perfect swing that you're trying to replicate. Yeah. tempo it's a million different things in in unison um so that's what i'm trying to work on if i can just get my tempo down and have an idea where the ball is going to go i'll be happy all right i got two what are your spe- goals i got two specific ones one of them is i, I want to get uh my handicap down to a zero which i think is possible and you're uh, what right, right now 1.4 um and there's, I think there's, there's lots of ways. The, there's lots of things in there that that I think I can I can do that'll make that possible. Trending in the right direction, and then what are those things? Um, I think number one is just just more consi- just just overall consistency. I think the scratch golfers that I see, I still have the tendency to make maybe one or two mistakes around in the form of like the, a, a double. You know, like I could be playing great and then on the 13th tee, just like, you know, hammer one OB or something. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, if so if you're, if you're, you're saying you have an issue with like one double around, like do your doubles come as a result of the same issue or are they just different? Like No, they it, can be, they're often different. I think up until this year, they were the result of like having a two-way miss. And so that is really hard to battle because story of my life. I usually would hit like, you know, my miss would be like a, a slice, like a, a, a spinny cut. But then all of a sudden you start to play that and then there's a hazard on the left and you hit that just like dead left missile like or hits a tree branch, you know, 10 yards in front of you and you're like, what the fuck? And then why did that go left? So I've eliminated two-way miss, which has made that 
a lot. You know, I, I've gone from a six to a one. I've gone from a six to a one and a half in the last two years, and so I've shrunk down a lot of like the big mistakes. But now it's just a consistency. Like the guys that I play with that are you know true scratch golfers, they they almost never make that stupid double. It's it's always a bogey, and so yeah. I just I, I think eliminating that is is the is the key. This might be hard to answer in short form, but how do you how do you eliminate a two way miss? Like, is it are you choosing which one you're eliminating? Is this something you're working on with your coach, Janko? Yeah. How do you- well, in this in this case, it was um, my swing direction was was left, and a lot of times it was a swing direction that was left, and the club face is open, and that's going to send the ball right. You're slicing it, yeah. But your body is smart, like subconsciously, and so you can just all of a sudden you might do things, which is like oh, there's like actually a little bit of water. There's some trouble, right? And so your body is just going to feel yourself swinging the club left. And all of a sudden you're going to subconsciously shut the club face down and on a hole where like, it's actually okay to hit it a little bit, you know, to the other side, you shut the club face down and it just goes dead left. And so this is why, like, I think there's so much of golf that is mental, but I think that a lot of people, until you get a lot of instruction and coaching, you underrate how much of, it is tech it is technical and the fundamentals and the right and and that matters a lot and there's also a big difference between like having those reps indoors or on the range and like going out and playing and so like one of the things that we talked about with Janko last week is like being more intentional about practicing and so like going out to a hole and hitting specific shots on a hole as opposed to yeah like you 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 want to like have a clue what you're doing with driver a little bit more it's easy to go to the range and hit 50 drivers and like just be fucking sweating and be like, I figured it out. But what you need is to go to a hole where like there's, there's different obstacles and stuff. And so being more intentional about practicing and stuff makes a big difference. Um, so, so how do you get from a point, a one point, whatever to a, a zero? Do you have like a, do you have a, you have a figured out like I need to shoot post these kind of scores more often? Is it, is it, big or is this like a swing or technical thing no i think it's it's just scoring it's scoring now and so i've made a lot of progress with my swing like technically and now it's like it's this constant dance of like there's also somebody you know some 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 guy that i've played with before who has never gotten a lesson in his life but he's naturally a scratch and he has a completely fucked up grip and he plays you know he holds the club all wrong and if he ever got a lesson the guy would jango would tell him to start over but that guy knows how to play golf. And so now I have to like, I've spent a lot of work, like getting my, like getting my swing in a better spot. Now I have to also get better at just like at scoring and scoring is a whole different element. Like you're not, you're not going to hit it perfectly every time, but what are you doing to score here? And like, Hey, we, I really need to get, you really need to get this up and down. And there's a lot between short game and eliminating three putts and getting better at chipping. I think it's there. I think now I just, I just need the time to do it. And I think it's going to, I think it'll happen this year. And Um, you haven't really plateaued where you are, right? You've just been on a, on a trajectory of keep getting lower and lower. So even just probably, you know, another year of playing, if you didn't even change a thing, you'd probably get closer and closer, right? That's kind of what I think. And I think at the level that I'm going to continue to play and practice, I would hope that. And then it just becomes like, is a, is my mind going to get into the way? I think another goal that I have is um, I've been playing a bunch of last two years. I've been starting to play a lot more competitive golf here. Similar to your thing, I just I want I need to get off to better starts. Like you get nervous on the first tee, and I make a bogey right out of the gate, make a double on number two, and I'm like, God damn it, I'm in this hole again. This happened to me last year. I accomplished my big goal, which was qualifying for the Vermont Am up here, and I was playing great. First hole, I made like a nervous bogey. Second hole, I hit a good tee shot and I just airmail, I just smash one left OB and I'm literally standing there in the middle of the fairway having a re-tee and I'm like, here we go again. You you want, you want would have been happy if you were three over after 18 holes. You're three over after one and a half. Like, Dave, I think, I, I don't want to switch jump segments, but I just it just hit me. I think I have a new make the case. Okay. Based on what we're, we're just talking about. I'm here for this. So I, I have always said this too, kind of what you're saying, like getting off to better starts. Um, if I, I always say if there was, if a course was like 21 holes and the first three holes just didn't count, like you tell me go hit balls. It doesn't, it doesn't help me, especially I'm I'm warming up at a range that has like, um, 
you know, like some courses have great grass tees. You can you can warm from some. You have to go to a driving range or somewhere, and you get the rubber tees or whatever yeah. you use. You know, sometimes simulators use those. I don't find it to to actually. You know, it helps the swing the same way of just swinging like a weighted club would help me kind of get loose. I don't really have ever taken anything from like how I swung it on the on the warm up to how I swung it on the first tee because it's the pressure, the mental thing. So getting off to a, a start is huge. Courses don't have the ability to add three holes, so you can have three warm up holes before you go. Why don't instead of a driving range, we take that same land and we make like two holes or three a holes mini course that'd be it's, sweet but it's like a full it's not like a pitch and putt it's a full length like one or two holes and it's like hey you need reps playing on an actual course real stakes yeah, yeah. um and how fun would that be it's just like i gotta that go warm sick. up at the- that's actually like it, it seems like a silly idea but that would be that would actually be the best way to warm up i was gonna say to you something one thing that i did more recently that has helped is I used to just go to the range and warm up and just like hit driver 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 seven iron and then go and um, I've noticed that when I go to the range, like before a round, a competitive round, if I play, if I try to play like the first four to six holes in my head and I just hit, I hit driver, wedge, three wood, seven iron, wedge, four iron, eight iron. Like if I hit a bunch of random clubs, I'm in a much better spot to go out in there and play. I actually, that would be, that would make a huge difference. If you played three holes before your round started. Now here's the, then, we got to work out the we got to work out the financials on this. I don't know how it works. The driving range you can have like three three hundred yeah. people doing it at the same yeah. time, and here you'd yeah. have like one unless you did shock. I love this. I, I have an example. Last year when I played in that am, the first day we ended up like the the first round we there was a thunderstorm at the end of the round, and so the next day I had to finish four holes before starting the next eighteen. I played so good that second day. It wasn't good enough to make the cut, but it was because I got to play four holes. By the time I got to the first tee, I wasn't even nervous because you're yeah. already sweating, you're already going. So you're on to something there. Like yeah. Golf, the three warm-up holes. I, or, yeah, just a, a, a three, a four, and a five. You get, every, you get everything. Now, I don't know how it's going to work financially, but I think, I think we got something there, maybe. All right, so those are, those are goals for, those are go, rough look at goals for the year. We'll have, we'll have more up. We'll check uh, in updates. next year and see how we did on those. Yeah. So in well, case you have any clue where the ball's wait. going. I can't wait for our first podcast after your lesson, by the way. I hope you take notes. Or at least remember what we talked about. We'll secretly record it. <laughs> It'd be great. Yeah. All right. You want to do inner OB? Do you, you want to start this or do you have one? You want me to go first? Uh, you go first. All right. I have a quick one and then I have a little a one after this. So inner OB, um, is it inner OB to wear a company slash brand hat as your go-to golf hat? Like Titleist hat, Callaway hat, TaylorMade hat, inner OB. Uh, I, I think it's in, I mean, it, I've, I've heard the argument before of like, it's weird that people just rep like companies that manufacture equipment that you purchase. It's not like someone's sending, I mean, if you're getting sent clubs by Titleist and you want to wear a hat, like that's cool too. But I feel like people love golf and they really love like their, their clubs or like their brand. Like I'm a big Titleist guy. I just love Titleist stuff. Like my whole life. I just love the brand. Not even like the, I, I do play Titleist clubs, but I don't, uh, it's like, I just love the brand and um, we're kind of both nerds in that world. But uh, I think it's fine. I don't think it's that weird. I mean, I don't have a ton of that stuff, so hard to criticize, but why no, not? I was listening to why a not? rival, like, I was listening to a rival golf podcast and one of the hosts was just on a rant about how thinking, he said that you're just such a dork, such a loser if you wear like a Titleist hat. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's, it's, it's the sport has been so like, those things have been so ingrained in this sport that I haven't ever thought twice about it. Like I'm trying to think of a different sport. If someone was wearing like a Nike like, hat that you play, but you're like, where, yeah, whenever you play like pickleball, you've got, I don't know what the pickleball brands are, but, um, it's, it's so funny that that's, you just watch that. I think it, a lot of it has to do is you want like guys in sports have uniforms right and then you're like oh i when you're literally like i want that uniform it's like you watch guys playing golf you're not like looking for tom watson's polo but like <laughs> that hat or like maybe a lot of this has to do with the nike thing with tiger too i mean the nike swish like that was such a huge iconic thing for him back in the day and then everyone just started branding yeah. but uh, i'm with you where you can rock the title hat yeah you're in on that too Yes, I am in on, in on that. That's what but I, I just rock out. a long game pod hat now. Long game pod hat. I got six of them. Um, all right, uh, next one for you. Uh, inner OB. This is more like a would you? Which one would you rather? Would you rather 
get up in the morning, run four miles, lift, hit balls for two and three hours, go play, come back, work on your short game, go run four miles again, then go play tennis or basketball? Or would you rather hit balls for 20 minutes, putt a little bit, smoke four or five cigarettes, drink three three Diet Cokes, and head to the first tee, sometimes not hit balls at all? What Which would be your preferred day case? Honestly, there's nothing, I don't, I'm not a cigarette guy, but there's nothing I hate worse than running. So, um, obviously, we're talking about the Tiger and, and, and daily. Uh, so, you rather have to out. suck down three cigarettes than go run four miles? Uh, <laughs> honestly, if I could do what John Daly did with that much skill without, apparently, without that much preparation or really commitment to the game, I mean, who wouldn't take that? But um, if I could, you're asking me, would I rather or. I, you know, I just, I hate running. I hate running. So honestly, you could have said anything in option two there and I would have gone for it, but I don't like the John Daly thing. I don't, um, I think it's, I think it's also not completely true. I think he probably put in a lot more work yeah. than he leads on. I think uh, I Cause it's just, per, it's a per persona. He kind of leads into it. Uh, the first one, which is, which is what Tiger said. That's what he used to do. I actually, I believe him, but I also am like, wait a second. So he would run four miles and then lift and then, go and hit balls and go play. And he's, I hope he's taking, is he taking a cart? Is he walking? Like he's going to run eight, running eight miles in a day and lifting. And like this guy literally breaks something every other year. And we're wondering why this happened. Well, he said that's what he used to do, right? Used to do. I yeah. don't think he's, I think there's more Call of Duty involved in there now than there used now to be. Now he just does chess. Right. But like <laughs> my favorite part about that tiger uh, quote too, is he, at the end of that, what's the end of it? It's um, basketball. Go play tennis or basketball, depending on who's around. Depending on who's around or if anybody wants to play. It wasn't on, like, Tiger's down. He'll finish that crazy day with that, but he's like, if anybody's around, like, if there's no one around, I can't do it. Like, he didn't He didn't want to say, if like, he go, find someone. Go, he didn't say go run four miles and, like, hang out and go to bed. He's like, if if someone wants more activity and they hit me up, I'm down for more activity. And I, I, I there was a great Lee Trevino interview, uh, I think, during the practice round this week where they asked him about his health and he said he has this huge like huge home uh, home gym um, but he has this lazy boy recliner right in the middle of it so he's like i'll do this exercise this one and then i go nap for about an hour and a half and then i wake up and i'll do the treadmill for another like he made them put a lazy boy in the middle of his of his gym just so he could take naps mid mid round whenever or mid uh, workout um the other thing on, on daily i don't know if you saw this was making the rounds on social this week but uh he was on Tucker Carl Carlson's podcast. I'm not a I'm not a subscriber. Never heard. Um, but <laughs> Daily, there are a lot of clips going around because Daily was on there. And John Daly told this story about beating Tiger in the '90s, and it was this wandering story and how he Tiger was working out and um, going to do a bunch of stuff while Daly was sitting in this clubhouse for four or five hours just drinking. But basically, he was he set up the story. It was like 1998, blah blah blah, and then he. Then he starts on the story. He's like, so then I went over and we, we went to this ballroom. There was an event and there was a guitar. So people don't know you can, you can tune your guitar through the apps on your phone. So and I'm like, what fucking phone did John Daly have in 1997 that had a guitar <laughs> a tuner, tuner app in it? So I think he's hugely full of shit. Obviously, he, he's, he's not a, a, a Mr. Health, right? So I believe a lot of that stuff, but I think the the piece I don't believe as much is uh, that he didn't really put a lot of time in because I think that's almost impossible. Also, this is like one of the reasons that I want to do this podcast with you. And it's so much of golf and social media content is like in this world of like, oh, like that's what, that's what like the, you know, golf social media like plays to, you know, like this guy, he's hammered, you know, all he did, he drinks and he plays golf. Like that's the whole like culture. And so like the, those stories are going to like take off and do better on Zyre golf than like the guy who wants to like run and work out. So, totally. yeah. And I think those definitely resonate more with the weekend golfer than people who are like thinking about their goals for 2014 on the golf course. Right. So some contents for certain people, some for right. other, but do you have an inner OB for me? No, I had. Or, or do you want to get make to make the case? Well, I got a quick inner OB, but I, it's I already know your answer on it. But I just kind of I want to get your background on this. I saw. I think this is like ten years old or even more. But uh, one of these clips popped up of when Bubba Watson was trying to get that um, the hover golf cart going. Have you ever seen this? Yes. So my question to you is: Are you? I know how you feel about about uh, walking versus carting, but if you have to get in a vehicle. 
are you in or out on anything but a cart to get you on the course? There's a lot of different things at different courses. Oh, and have you ever been on anything other than a cart, you know, when, when you had to actually take a cart? I haven't, but I've seen some, there's a bunch of guys at the course that I play with. They have the, the push cart that's remote controlled, or you wear something on you that kind of goes with you wherever, wherever you are. And there's a guy who lives near the course and I see him like driving it across the street, like walking home after, um, <laughs> I've seen a fr- I've seen a friend of mine, uh, fr- friend of the pod. Uh, he lives down in Texas, so we used to work together at a golf course back in the day. He has like a little, it almost looks like a like a dirt bike, like a motorcycle type of thing. You put your clubs on it and you you ride that around. I don't know if he rented that or used really? it. And then I've seen like a scooter type of thing. I've seen one guy. It was at Country Club of Vermont. I saw a guy like on like a on a scooter, it's like a longboard looked- type thing. Kinda, yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. seen those before. I've never done it, but they just yeah. look so fucking goofy. It looks goofy. Look, like I enjoy skateboarding. It's fun. Like, would it Quit if you current, step currently? Yeah, yeah. Like I have, I have like a longboard here, and I just ride around. Yeah, it's fun. Okay, well, you can't separate, just say I enjoy skateboarding, and then we're gonna move. Separate pod. Separate pod. Okay, but um, I could see how that activity would be fun separately, like on a, on this beautiful area, riding this thing around. But like, you could not pay me to get out of my car put my clubs on, jo- you know, set that thing up, pull up to the first D and be like, are you, are you guys the 120 group? Oh yeah. Hey, I'm Dave. Nice to meet you. And uh, like, then I can't even wear, I, I won't even wear a bucket hat and I need to cause I'm a bald man. I can't even wear a bucket hat because I'm worried what people are going to say about me. Go. If I showed up on that thing with the fucking scooter, it's over. Or the Segway that has like the <laughs> basket in the front. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, oh my God. That's, those are insane. Um, yeah, I've never been in anything other than a cart, I think. Or, I mean, I'm, I've used a push cart before. Some clubs have them, and I, if I don't know, I, I'm not proud of it, but I don't, I don't mind people taking those, and I don't mind really people doing whatever the hell they want. But when you see those surfboard things or the longboard, like we're saying, the Segway things, it's come on. I don't, yeah, I'm definitely, we're, we're, I de- we're I'm welcome. definitely never going to be in a hover, hover, hovercraft on a golf course. I can almost guarantee that. All right, we'll fast forward to 30 years from now and we see this clip. But we'll, we'll take your emails, longgamepod at gmail.com. Uh, you know, do you believe in alternative, are, are you in support of alternative vehicles for the golf course? Yeah, or what's like the craziest thing you've ever ridden in on a course legally? On a course legally, yeah. caveat. Yeah, not one of these, you know, look who, someone's wife showed up at the golf course in a sedan, you know, trying to find them on the course. Like, no, not one of those. We're not talking about that. Not, also not true. Never yeah, happens that way. All right, should we wrap or you got anything else? Well, I do have another make the case, but I, I already kind of gave one out. So um, make the case 21 holes. Yeah. I'll just say, I'll just put this one in a bow quickly. And it's something you and I have talked about a lot. And wait, we you, know this why you the, need to roll. This is why you need to roll the game. This is why you need to roll the ball back case. Cause you need more land on the course so you can have your 21 holes. That's all I like, I'll say about that. Okay. Okay. We'll talk about it. Um, there's something to me, going back to that, there's something about, to me, uh, something about it to me where if you separate the courses, there's less of an issue. But if you're like playing the same course that has an extra holes, I feel like someone's be like, that's illegal handicap wise. I don't know. We'll um, keep riffing on it. We get a lot of stuff where we might have to cut this whole section so we can actually, uh, develop this idea, but we'll see. So my other make the case, and again, this is quick. We've talked about it before. Uh, but I think it's it's timely right now because we know the PGA Tour and live and there's a lot of speculation about if that deal is going to get done. We won't really talk again until we'll know the answer to that or unless they extend the, the deadline. But if we're about to remake the game of golf and we're in negotiations, that's really that's real. And we're trying to find new revenue streams. Let's formalize the Greller cam, which we've, we've talked about, I feel like almost every week. But we need to have a feed Three ninety nine a month, where we can tune in, uh, where it's just. I'm sure every caddy and golfer aren't going to agree on if they want to opt into this, but the ones that do, I think, give the money to the caddy, three ninety nine a month, whatever. I want to hear. I want to be able, just like on my TV, to go just like the SAP button one, that's just the the caddy one, and I want to hear what they're talking about. I don't want to hear the announcer talking over the conversation. I want to hear just what they're talking about, club selection. XYZ. So can we please build that into the next contract that we're doing, please? We could, and you should increase up up the price. I would pay 49 bucks a month for that. Yeah, no I no doubt. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, it'd be interesting. And I I do like the idea of let people opt into it because you don't ever want to force people into that kind of stuff. No one wants to be forced. Like these guys got to be comfortable in the course, no, right? But you don't, but you if, don't this think this is a guy you... that's struggling to make money, 
and it's caddy. I don't think you get like five. You don't think you get like five guys though. Like, look at totally. I look at I look at like golf Twitter as a good proxy for that. Like, there's guys like you know this random guy Michael Kim, right? He's like become like a a popular golf account because he just shares like he's he's a kind of like a fringe PGA Tour player, but he shares like so openly about stuff he's doing and learning or whatever. You don't think a guy like that would would do that? And like, imagine the the setup is like you kind of have like a it's almost like NFL red zone where you you have a guy who's kind of at the desk hosting, but then you go to each group. There doesn't have to be a lot of talk over time. This is the golf sicko content that I that I want, and that's that's the the, the Greller cam. There there could be there could be three to four groups a week. I would st- strictly watch that feed. Like, give me it. You know, in addition to featured groups, you have like mic'd up the mic'd up groups or whatever. This is like a such a easy thing that live could just pick off too. Like if this deal doesn't go through, like if they're trying to innovate, like that's something they could just start continuing to eat the tour's lunch on something like that. So free totally idea for great. Mr. Norman, if he's not on a motorcycle trip right now. <laughs> yeah. I love that. All right. So we'll be back. We'll be back with the long game pod. Uh, we're going to start the new year off hot. The century tournament of champions is coming up. Um, Case, you and I are going to enjoy our holidays. You're going to get a lesson. I can't wait to hear about that. And we'll be back in the first week of January for the century. Uh, as always, thanks for listening to this episode of the Long Game Pod. Send us an email. We love getting those listener emails. Longgamepod at gmail.com. Go and follow us on on all the socials. Casey's really just growing the account like crazy with all the all the clips that uh, that that he's been making. So go and check out the pod. We'll see you back here for the first week of January for the century. And happy holidays, and Rory, come on the pod. He's talking the long game. They played the long game. They gotta play the long game. They're experienced, and they played the long game.